I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we chat about spirituality and witchcraft in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard, and I am the head witch over here at Moonstone Witchery. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Moonstone underscore witchery. You can find me on my website, moonstonewitchery.com, where you can book intuitive readings, past life readings, all kinds of fun things with me over there. And we always have our Crystals of the Month subscription, our witchy subscription box, and lots of other cool products that are witchy aligned. And you can find me on Facebook in my very fun little Facebook group that I have going on. It's called Moonstone Witchery. It's got like a yellow witchy picture um, in the background. So join us over there. Okay. So over in that Facebook group, I have um, been chatting with people and a lot of people have been asking me questions about divination, tarot cards, and uh, how to connect to their guides. So even though we've chatted about some of this stuff before, I thought that I would go ahead and do um, an episode about connecting to your guides, um, maybe finding some different approaches for how to connect to your guides, and also chatting a little bit about tarot and how to properly read cards and some divination and some fun stuff like that. And I am recording this in October, and if you get in on it soon enough, um, our witchy subscription box this month, every month has a different theme. This month we are doing a divination-aligned theme for our witchy subscription box, so you will get fun divination-aligned items and some instructions on how to use them in this month's witchy subscription box. So check that out. Okay. So I thought we would chat first about connecting to your guides and how to figure out what that even looks like. I've done a lot of work um, teaching people how to connect to their guides. I used to teach a class and occasionally I offer this online called Divine Communication, which is all centered on connecting to your guides, your guardian angels, um, the animal guides that you have with you, and any loved ones who have crossed over. I also like to work one-on-one with new intuitives who are developing their gifts, and I will share with you some of what I share with my students. And hopefully that's helpful for those of you who are looking to deepen your connection. The one thing I always tell intuitives is that divination or spiritual conversation, I guess, (laughs) communication with your guides and your angels and your animals and all of that, it's, it doesn't always look the way you think it's going to look. I think that people have this concept of what being a psychic intuitive is, where it's like, I... I'm seeing clear as day right in front of me all of these like energy beings and angels and 
crossed over loved ones and I'm seeing ghosts and I'm seeing all this stuff. And while it's true, I, I am seeing a lot of these things. I, I want to say it's not like clear as day all the time, like right in front of me. Like I'm not like ever like walking into a room and it's full of people that aren't actually there or anything. It's more like a loose awareness. You're very aware of what's going on in the spaces around you. And if you look, you can see. Um, but I mean, I have it set up with my guides and my guardian angels to kind of block the things I don't want to know um, and to block the beings that are not open to being helped or supported. One of the most important things I want to tell you is that you are in charge of your own energy field. And so what I mean by that is because you exist in tangible reality, right? Like because you can touch the world around you and you can touch your physical body and you can exist here in your perfect human form you exist as both an energy being, like that's your soul, the essence of who you are, the the I behind the I am, you know, it's that kind of energy that we all carry and embody within us that has a, a conscious awareness of itself. Because you exist, that's your spiritual side. And because you exist in a physical body, that spiritual side enters into a tangible form called you, whatever your name is or whatever you go by. Um, you are this creature that exists in two different realms, right? You have a spiritual component and a physical, tangible reality component to you. When we know that fact, we are able to use it to support ourselves. And so what I mean by that is you are allowed to set the parameters for the energy field around you at all times. You are allowed to tell the energy how it's going to act and how it's going to interact with you. And so this can this can help us to sort of like disable that fear that so many people seem to have about exploring their intuitive gifts. It's not your fault that you have fear. Um, we live in a predominantly monotheistic Christian biased culture and the Christian bias is like heavy laden with fear. Um, the Christian approach to spirituality other than Christianity is to literally make you afraid of all other forms of spiritual spiritual expression that are not Christian based or don't have their roots in Christianity. That's very unfortunate and it's very strategic. Um, it's done that way on purpose because, I mean, think about it this way. It's like a PR move on the part of Christians. Like they don't, they want to have as many followers as possible. Like back in the day when, you know, Christianity first showed up, it's like the Christian form of Instagram. Like how many followers can I have? Like it's like the religious form of social media. We like need all the followers possible. And the way that they were like acquiring and converting followers back in the beginning of this religion was to demonize and vilify all of the other spiritual practices that were predominant at the time. And at that time, monotheism was a new concept. This idea that like there's one God or like one being. And of course it's a man, of course. Like, cause like, that's the world they were in. They were like, how could the supreme being of everything be anything but a man? Meanwhile, women are like literally birthing children and, you know, carrying life. But okay. Um, 
And so they worked in this binary of male versus female and male superiority over female superiority. And of course, now we know there's no such thing even as male versus female, to be very honest. And there's certainly no superiority in either component. Or if there is any superiority, my argument would be that superiority is aligned with like actual ethics and morals and like being a good person rather than like the arbitrary anatomy that you were born with. But I am on a tangent as I am prone to do, but you get what I'm saying. So at the time they were like, you have to believe our like male oriented religious experience. Um, and if you don't, you are doomed. And that's like their whole thing. And so they used fear as a really powerful motivator because realize this too, like back in the day, it's not like there was a public school system that everybody like had the privilege of entering into. And it's not like education was a normal thing. And so they were walking around using fear to motivate people to join their religion. Now, the problem with this is that like as human evolution has continued forward, the mindset of this religious belief system has sort of remained stagnant and paused at this one kind of perspective. And fear is a very powerful energy. But as most energies that are powerful, there is a like flip side to it, which is very draining and damaging. And it's not really supposed to be like sustained for long periods of time. And yet here people are making choices and running entire like entire lives out of fear. And so that's an exhausting and fundamentally harmful way to live your life. But that's a whole other conversation. But specifically when it comes to your spiritual and religious practices, I want you to kind of like ask yourself, what kind of God or like life force energy of the universe wants me to be in a state of fear at all times? And if you want to get logical about this, even though it's kind of like an arbitrary, like invisible concept that we're having, but there is logic to it because if I'm some kind of God and I'm creating the universe or even just like this planet and like the people who live here, I don't know why I would want all of their choices and their behaviors to be aligned with fear. Um, I don't understand how that would benefit anything because if everything is energy, right, which is measurable by science, it's like a fact. If everything is energy, why on earth would we want that energy to be in that chaotic like wavelength of fear and stress and anxiety and like self-crisis and self-doubt and self-hatred and hatred of others and all of the things that are like scarcity-based rather than abundance-based. And if we look at the universe, that's not in alignment. So for me, I'm just like, this doesn't make any logical sense. Um, I'm not really going to buy what you're selling. I refuse to live my entire life in a state of fear because that feels really bad all the time. And I'd rather live my entire life in a state of centered empowerment, which is why that's the foundation of literally everything I do. So I'm rambling about all of this to all of you because I want to give you permission to access your spirituality. And I want to give you permission to know that you are in charge of your energy field. And it's not scary or dangerous or wrong or bad or any of that to tap into your own spirituality. In fact, I would say living a life that is kind of out of alignment with your spiritual truth, that sounds more scary to me. Like not taking control of my energy field and not telling my energy field how, how it's going to act. Like that sounds more scary to me because if I don't set parameters to my energy sphere, to the world around me, then either A, the universe is setting those parameters for me, B, my unconscious 
um, and subliminal boundaries are setting those parameters for me. And if I haven't done my self work, then those boundaries are not going to be like the greatest or see like the energy beings that are around me are setting the parameters for me. And I don't want none of that. I want to be in charge of my energy field. That's the only way that I can actually feel safe. So I want you to see how the fear of interacting with your own giftedness, your own spiritual connection to the universe and the realm around you, the fear of interacting with that realm is literally causing you to have weaker boundaries around yourself, which which literally gives the things you're scared of more of an opportunity to interact with you rather than less of an opportunity to interact with you. Just simply being aware of your own giftedness and your own ability to connect to the divine source of life and consciousness and energy around you, like giving yourself permission to interact with that is taking control of it. And that allows you to set parameters and it doesn't like invite it in. It's just bringing awareness to the fact that you have this capability that you already had. You just weren't thinking about it like that. So ramble complete, but please allow yourself to feel a little more empowered to not be scared to interact with the energy realm. Just because you start talking to your guides or your angels or whatever might be around you doesn't mean you're inviting in negative, harmful, and lower vibration. I want you to know that you can interact with your like team of spiritual support without worrying that you are inviting something in. And so the first thing I want you to do is to just kind of like get in the habit of talking to your guides before you fall asleep or, you know, maybe first thing when you wake up or if you go into a meditation, I want you to invite them in and to invite them to be present. Um, when I first saw my guides, well, when I was a very young child, I could literally see angels and crossover, you know, the, the spirits of those who have passed and my guides and everybody. But when I found out that that was not a normal thing for everybody, I shut that down and stopped seeing them so clearly in my, with my actual eyes and, and started seeing them with my third eye instead. Um, and so I want you to pay attention to what happens when you close your eyes and you drop into a space of prayer. And I don't mean formal prayer or Christian prayer or whatever, just like how, when you drop into a place of like communicating with the universe, because we all do this anyway, like despite the, the fear that Christianity has tried to give us, we all still communicate with our own concept of God or our higher self or our higher power, whatever works for you. We're all in times of trial and tribulation. We're all like, oh my God, like I hope this works out. Like, please universe help me. So when you get into a space where you're communicating with, with the divine source of all that is, what do you see when you start to initiate that conversation? I want you to pay attention to that. I want you to pay attention to what do you see, feel, or experience because there's a lot of ways to be intuitive. It's not just visually seeing things. It's what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What colors show up around you? What smells do you smell? Like, What's the energy like when you do that? The second thing I want to remind you of is that you are empowered to initiate conversation with the universe and your guides. You don't have to just sit around waiting for them to send you a sign or waiting for them to tell you some info or waiting for, you know, the universe at, at large to contact you. You can initiate contact with them. So I want you to do the following. I want you to go into a meditation or a quiet moment of contemplation or take yourself for a walk or sit by a pretty body of water or look out a window or whatever it is. And I want you to like say, you know, I'm talking to my guides of the highest light and love. 
Um, only my guides of the highest light in love with benevolent, you know, intentions towards me are able to communicate with me right now. But I want you to send me a sign or I want you to show me an image of what you look like. Or I want you to tell me your name or I want you to show up for me somehow. Whatever it is that you're looking to do, invite them, ask them. We forget so often to just alert the universe to what we need. There are so many people, and, and this happens in my in my coaching sessions and in my intuitive readings a lot, there are so many people who have all these big goals for themselves and wants and desires and things they're trying to call in, but they forgot to tell the universe. And it's one thing to kind of get your energy in alignment with your goals and to start radiating at a vibration that matches your energy field. Like that's super significant and important, right? But it's quite another thing to like keep all your thoughts and to keep all that knowing that you have in inside of yourself, like keeping it in there doesn't put it out there, right? It's such an obvious thing to say, but it's so not obvious in practice. Keeping all that inside means that it's inside of you and it's not being like shipped to the universe. And so what I'm asking you to do is to say to your guides, hey, I want to speak to you. Hey, I want to be more aware of you. Hey, I want you to show up in my life more. Hey, I'm starting to notice that you're communicating with me. Can you just be a little more obvious about it? And I want you to feel empowered to ask for the obvious things that like that, like ask for them to show up for you in a certain way and ask for them to be willing to communicate with you. The second portion of this is to trust yourself. Now, this is like an easy sentence to say, but I find that often people have no idea how to actually do it, right? So I want you to just seek for the way in which your guides are showing up for you. Look for the ways in which you are being communicated with. Seek to prove yourself right. Because if you're initiating communication with your guides, that means that you believe that you have guides. Even if there's some doubt in you about it, most of you believes that there is a figure, a creature, a being that is communicating with you. So if that's the case, why is it then that we receive these signs and these communications from our guides, but we always are full of doubt about them? Okay, are you seeking to prove yourself right or are you seeking to keep yourself in a state of disempowerment? Because if you are asking for communication from your guides and you are receiving communication from your guides, but you second guess and doubt yourself constantly, that means that you're not in alignment. And being out of alignment is one of the most stressful feelings we can carry in our body, but it's also like disempowering. I want you to seek to prove yourselves right. I want you to trust what you receive and I want you to radically believe yourself. There's no real way to trust yourself. I mean, there's lots of actually small steps and things we can do to trust ourselves, but that requires some like coaching and some conversations. But the best way you can learn to trust yourself is just to like radically start to trust yourself. Do you know what I mean? I want you to just like start to believe yourself rather than to not believe yourself. And as you do this, two things will happen. One, you're going to find out how often you disempower yourself and that's going to like mess with your head a little bit. And you're going to be like, oh my God, I am so frequently wanting others to believe me, but I never believe myself. I am so frequently wanting others to trust me, but I'm not ever trusting myself. I am so frequently wishing the world was a certain way, but when it shows up for me, I don't allow it to be that way. Holy S-H-I-T. I am like not in alignment. And I want you to just see that. Try to be nice to yourself when you notice it because it's not your fault that you are that way. But now that you know about it, guess what? You can fix it. So I want you to see in the ways in which you are disempowering yourself. And then I want you to just go ahead and like stop doing that. <laughs> I want you to go ahead and be like, okay, so every time I second guess myself, I'm going to opt into 
what if I can trust myself? What if it's true? This is the phrase I gift my students with. What if it's true? This is a super powerful invitation. The question, what if it's true, is an invitation because I'm not telling you to like force yourself to believe something. I'm telling you to offer yourself the option to believe yourself. So when you ask for a sign and you get it and you immediately go, oh my gosh, just a coincidence though. I want you to say, but what if it's not? What if it's true? What if that is my sign? What if it's true I can communicate? What if it's true my guides are looking out for me? What if it's true my guides are all around me? Okay, opt into that. So go into your meditative state, ask to summon your guides, ask to see them, ask for a name. Here's another secret that they told me a long time ago. They're going to give you a name for them that works for you. So even if they show up and they're like, hey, it's Brittany, bitch, I want you to believe that that your guide is named Brittany, okay? Because first of all, whatever their actual angel or like energy names are. I don't think that we as humans could ever understand them. Like, I don't think that we could even like hear the like gloriousness of their name, but whatever. Additionally, what goes with that is that they want to be accessible to us. So they will give us a name that we are familiar or comfortable with. They will give us a visual interpretation of themselves that we are comfortable interacting with. They will show up in a way that works for us. So if whatever your guides show up like, you're going to be like, well, that can't be it. That's too easy. No, it is so easy on purpose. They want it to be easy for you. They want you to feel like you can reach out and connect to them. So it's not too easy. It's not too obvious. It's not too anything. I want you to go ahead and believe what you receive. That's like a cute little rhyming sentence. Believe what you receive from your spiritual team because they are purposely speaking to you in a way that works for you, in a way that you will understand, and in a way that you can access. So see what you see and just write it down and go ahead and say, what if this is true? What if I can trust it? What if I can believe myself? And remove those huge barriers between you and having your life that you want, especially having the spiritual life that you want. I don't want other people's fear, other people's concepts of fear, or some 2,000-year-old system of fear, oppression, and patriarchy to tell you that you can't talk to your spiritual guides. Like, I don't want that to happen. That's some BS right there. So just be like, nope, not living that life. What if it's true and I can do this? What if that is their name? What if that is what they look like? And what if they are sending me signs right now? And watch and see how that improves your world. Additionally, take that information that you receive and start to use it to communicate with your guides. So be like, hey, Brittany, <laughs> bring me a latte. Like, no, but you can go, hey, Brittany, like, can you please like support me and like, I don't know, getting through my afternoon, whatever it might be. Can you please like send love to my mom? Can you please like connect with me and like let me know everything's going to be okay or whatever the case may be. You can light a candle and be like, I'm lighting this candle in gratitude to Brittany. <laughs> like whatever is going on. Trust yourself. What if it's true? Use the information you get. Trust it implicitly and see where it takes you. Now you'll notice that when I first started talking about you interacting with your guides, I said to you, Go ahead and say, I only want to communicate with my guides of the highest light and love and like blah, blah, blah. That's me setting parameters. So that's me going back to what I was talking to you about, about how you're in charge of your energy field. Set the parameters. If you are scared of like demons, which by the way, it's like a whole twisted story. I don't want you to be scared of all demons, but we'll talk about that another time. If you're scared of demons or bad energy or ghosts or earthbound spirits or whatevers, just go ahead and say, when I open up my channel, the only people I'm talking to are my guides or my guardian angels. Or be really specific as to whose energy you're communicating with and whose energy is allowed to communicate with you. Just tell the world how it's going to act. 
take control of your energy field. Because if you don't, either your implicit bias is going to, which means, by the way, that if there's if there are people with negative energy in your life and you're comfortable interacting with them, there's no difference between a person with negative energy and just like an orb of negative energy that is the same energy as that person. That energy orb can just float on into your house because you've been letting that person walk all in through your front door every single day. So that's like a, this is like a come to Jesus moment. Okay, I want you to hear what I'm saying. There is a level of protection work that is just mundane. It just exists in the tangible world. It just exists within your self-work realm where it's like, I see you saging your house like daily. I see you reinforcing your energy boundaries on your thresholds. I see you doing protection spell after protection spell. And yet you continue to allow toxic people into your house and into your world. And nevertheless, you actually invite them in sometimes. Do you see how that sends mixed signals to the universe? The universe is like, she doesn't want a ghost that has a bad vibe, but this guy has the same bad vibe and he comes over every night. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you in alignment in your real life with the energetic alignment that you're trying to create for yourself? So many of us are not. So I want you to pay attention to the energy that the humans and the people and the places that you interact with have and say to yourself, would I allow this person into my space if they were just an energy being and they felt like this? Because if the answer is no, I want you to go ahead and like banish them in your regular world too by being like, hey, sorry, um, can't anymore. Bye. All right. Um, so reinforce the boundaries when you're communicating with your guides and your angels and your like animal guides and your little spiritual team. We all have a spiritual team. As far as I can tell, we all have several spirit guides being like our administrative assistants, keeping us on our life path that is in alignment with our highest good. We have two guardian angels. We have some animal guides. Some of them are predominantly with us for the majority of our life. And some animals kind of come in and out to bring us the energetic support we need in certain situations. So you can notice what animals are appearing in your life right now. And then I want you to ask yourself, like, what does this animal mean? Like, what are its gifts? What are its talents? What are its drawbacks? How can I take those messages and put them into my own world? We all have um, loved ones who have crossed over in ancestral energy as well. Um, all of that's just kind of comes in like the standard package of being a person. And so you can try to communicate with any of those people or creatures or beings that you see fit. And again, if you're worried or nervous, take control. There is nothing more freeing, liberating, calming, and like just like anxiety squashing than taking control of a situation. Um, it just allows you to know, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrangle this and tell everything how it's going to go so that I feel safe. So I want you to be empowered to do that with your spirituality too. The only reason you don't feel empowered to do that with your spirituality too is because they've set it up so that spirituality and spiritual access is like this mystical, magical, like thing that's like other than you and they did that on purpose they were like there's one god all of a sudden when everyone had been used to many and they go just kidding there's just one but also he's like his own father and also he's like his own ghost but also he's just one person and then they were like so there's one god all of a sudden and you can't talk to him anymore even though you've been talking to your gods forever you can't talk to this god only like this certain man in this certain building wearing this certain kind of outfit is allowed to talk to god 
for you and it's and he's mystical and magical and you're not and so they did that on purpose so that you felt like you couldn't go ahead and connect to your spiritual source but you can it's fear it's just a PR campaign it's just their advertising it's just like them creating a club and being like you have to like do what we say if you want to be cool on Wednesdays we wear pink you know what I mean like that's what they're doing so like don't buy into that do not be bullied especially don't be spiritually bullied because that is wrong and we are anti-bullying here at Moonstone Witchery. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell it how it's going to go. Take control of your spirituality. You can communicate with your own spiritual energy beings because they belong with you and you belong with them and they love you and you love them. So just practice that. See how it goes. And if you don't see anything, if you're not a good meditator because you don't get like visual um, you know, images in your mind and stuff like that, um, go ahead and do channeled writing or talking into your own like phone like you know what I mean like making a voice memo for yourself whatever works best for you access it that way and just always trust what you receive um, I want to talk to chat a little bit about tarot so I'm getting specific questions about tarot I should just teach a tarot course I really love teaching tarot um, so maybe I will do that don't be surprised if I offer it at some point tarot is its own super special very cool divination tool I like it better than Oracle decks mostly usually for myself when I do readings for myself but I like Oracle decks when I'm doing readings for others because they're succinct and precise the difference between an Oracle deck and a tarot deck is that oracle decks can be about anything it's just a series of cards that kind of have each have their own message but it works in the same way therein where you're relying on chance or the fates or your guides or the universe to sort of send you the message that you want through randomly choosing a card that has this different phrase or word on it okay and that's how um, oracle readings work now the thing that you're supposed to do with any kind of card reading is you're going to infuse them number one you're going to align them to your energy so when you first get them you're going to cleanse them you're going to hold them you're going to talk to them you're going to introduce yourself to them you're going to say hey i want to receive readings with you i want you to tell me information that i ask for um, i only want my guides or my angels or my higher self for the universe who has my benevolence that like it, you know who's benevolent towards me and has my highest good at heart I only want like good energy basically talking to me through these cards go ahead and tell the cards that you, who is allowed to speak to you through the cards um, instead of you know who's not because we can't list every bad energy field but we can just say I only want to keep this to this type of vibe that can talk to me then I want you to always be in the habit of knocking on your cards to wake them up and to shake the energy out. Like your little cards are like this little like sentient being. Like they have like their own little consciousness in there and they, they like you to knock and wake them up. And as you shuffle, I want you to hold either the question or the person's image or their name or whatever it is in your mind and, and just shove that image through your hands into the cards as you're shuffling. And either I like to let the cards jump out on their own. I like them to sort of like fall out of the deck so that that's how I can figure out which card is meant for for my client or for myself or for the reading but some people like to feel the cards and like they start to get a little buzzy if they want you to pick them whatever your method is shuffle hold the question or the image of the person in your mind's eye shove it through your hands into the card deck and see what you get and then you can thank your cards I also want you knocking again in between each question that you ask or between each reading so if you switch between people you definitely want to knock if you switch between questions sometimes you want to knock sometimes you don't have to knock if it's still for the same person but it's like a different question that's kind of up to you 
The same exact thing is true with tarot cards. I know I was just talking about oracle cards, but I want you to like set your deck the same way. Um, you can charge your tarot cards in the full moon. You can cleanse their energy in the full moon. You can sage them. You can do all kinds of things. Um, tarot cards sort of tell a story. Tarot cards are based loosely on playing cards, which is why there are four suits, um, a king, a queen, a, a page, or a, the daughter, and like the knight. That all goes with the suited decks of cards that we all know and love. And people do read um, card cards, like playing cards. And that's a whole other very cool thing. But tarot cards also have the major arcana and the minor arcana. The minor arcana is the, the suited deck that is based on the playing cards. And in the suited deck, you have pentacles, swords, wands, and cups. Um, and then there's the kings, queens, um, page, and knight um, that goes with the minor arcana. The major arcana is more um, archetypal cards, such as like the fool, the high priestess, the emperor, the lovers, the chariot, the wheel of fortune, all of that stuff. That's the major arcana, and they carry archetypal energy. And so the way I decided to chat to you about tarot right now is that I'm going to start with the minor arcana on this episode and I'll chat about the major arcana on its own episode because I want to go through each one and kind of tell you what they are. So in the minor arcana, you have numbers one through 10 and then you go page, knight, queen, and king. Okay. Um, the suits all have different things that they represent. Cups are about like emotions. Um, pentacles tend to be about like the tangible world and finances. Um, I feel like the wands are about like our creative, like energy and the, the mystical side of things. And the swords are kind of like about the, the trials and tribulations that we face in life. Um, don't quote me on that though. Cause I forgot to like triple clarify that that's right so maybe google what they mean on your own i know i'm right with cups and, so, and i know i'm right with pentacles um okay number one so if you get like the one of cups or the one of pentacles or the one of swords or the one of wands that's always about something new happening it's always about like a new thing a new endeavor a new beginning something starting so whether it's like a new relationship for cups or a new business adventure for pentacles or whatever it might be. It's always about something new. Okay. The second one, the number two. So what I want you to hear me tell you is that there's a theme going on. Like, so the way that people memorize tarot is they kind of get familiar with the theme. They are familiar with what the suits are and then they just go, Oh, okay, this is what this means. So that's how you can practice. The second number two is about like, so for cups, it's all about like true love and soulmates for everything else. It's kind of usually about a choice. It's like this or that you're struggling with one thing or the other. Now here's a fun little tool for you to remember is that the minor arcana generally tends to be about the person who's receiving the reading. Okay. Like it's like the circumstances that are happening in their life. That's what the minor arcana is about. All right. And the major arcana is about like either a person who is coming into that person's life and what they represent or a system or a situation coming into their life external to the individual, or it's about how, like their higher self and the form their higher self is taking and how they embody that in the energetic field for this person in their reading as well. Okay. Um, the threes generally tend to be about teamwork and collaboration and coming together. Although in the case of the swords, it's three of swords is always about like heartbreak and like kind of the opposite of teamwork. It's like the 
the the dissolving of of teamwork um fours in the main the minor arcana are generally about having a pause having a break some rejuvenation in the case of the wands it's usually about like a reunion of some kind like something coming back together that has not been together but generally the fours are about like have like hang on a second and, and reflect okay so it's like if you're following the trajectory of this it's like something new is happening what are you going to choose to do make sure you have like a support team and then like sit there and process what you're thinking about before number five which is always about a challenge like the five cards are almost always like something fucked up is happening <laughs> like either you've lost something you're experiencing a loss or or something challenging um or from the hardship that's coming the six is the next part of this story that is being told to us and the six is about the reward or the gifts that are coming from it now except in the case of six of swords that one's kind of like shit something went wrong okay so like see how there's like free will built into the way that these are going it's like we're building a story we have set out on something new we had to make a choice we had to get our support team in alignment um we needed to like reflect and like process everything that's going on and then we faced a challenge and now either we did well and we're reaping the rewards of those challenges or we're mourning that the challenge didn't work out for us like the thing that we've recently faced did not go our way okay seven is just a state of overwhelm across the board generally whether it's like an overwhelm in regards to your work your life your you know business endeavors whatever it is like it's it's like there's a lot happening now okay so after we get the gifts and the reward also let's notice this on like a life projection like we make a decision we process to make sure we're doing the right thing we have a challenge and we're either rewarded or like screwed over and then we're overwhelmed because either one comes with overwhelm like oh my god my choice paid off and I'm like reaping the gifts of what I've been putting out into the universe and now oh my god what am I supposed to do next right or oh my gosh my like my thing happened and it didn't go as I planned and now I'm sad what do I do now I'm overwhelmed either way like it's overwhelmed Number eight is generally about like a change happening or like something is taking a different direction or as a result of being overwhelmed, we're self-isolating or we're getting defensive. Um, for the, for our number eight though, with pentacles, it's like, yay, I'm having a great time. I'm mastering everything. Like everything's going really well for me. Um, and for the others, it's like, I'm not feeling a hundred percent sure. Um, for nine it's fulfillment and it's boundaries um it's like we're making progress but i have to like put up some boundaries now or i have to like accept that this is working out um for the swords for nine though it's kind of like a, a bad card the nine of swords is like shit feels scary i am scared i'm having nightmares i'm like not doing well like oh my god what's going on like the, the swords are kind of the more intense suit of the minor arcana, at least for me. Um, then at 10, it's like there's a positive outcome. Everything's going great. Like, you know, things are turning out well, except for when we're in um, the wands or the swords because in the wands it's like i am stressed and i am exhausted and i'm burned out at 10 and the the swords is like i am having a painful ending to this situation so if you're following the trajectory of the story it's like a new thing is happening and 
all this stuff's coming up and I have choices to make and I have people to rely on and either it goes well or it doesn't and I'm overwhelmed or I'm not or I'm feeling like I, I got overwhelmed and I figured it out. I needed to in, put in some boundaries or whatever or I'm not making the right choices and everything's going to hell. And by 10, it's like either I made all the right choices and it worked out or no, nothing worked out because I didn't like catch my signs and signals and that's what's happening. When you get to the page or the daughter in some decks, um, that's all about learning and, and having a new perspective. It's all like, what have I taken from this journey I've already been on? And what is my new perspective now that I've been on this journey? Um, the the knights, um, now we're starting to climb up towards the major arcana. So we're starting to get more tangible embodiments of these like energetic things. So on this level, each one of them is kind of different. Like the knight of cups is like a romantic figure. So it's either like you're becoming like romantic and like seeking something out. Um, the Knight of Pentacles is like, a, it was reliable and like got their head on straight. Um, the Knight for Swords represents like a, a big change in your lifestyle. And like, I think the Knight of Wands is like a creative individual or like a sexy kind of creative individual. Cause that creative energy always comes from a place of like sexual power as well because creativity and sexual power go hand in hand like that's what sexual power is about it's about creation so um <clears throat> the queen of cups is nurturing she's like loving the, that mother energy um the queen of pentacles is resourceful the queen of swords is very self-sufficient and powerful she's like doesn't need anybody and the queen of wands is just like kind of careful and confident and like aware of herself but maybe not in like a boastful over the top way and then the king of cups is supportive um or in the pentacles he's a leader and with swords he's strategic and with wands he is powerful and so that just kind of concludes like literally everything that i wanted to talk to you about with the the way that the tarot projects upon itself or kind of continues its own story. If you can get it into your head that tarot kind of builds upon itself and tells a story like this, it makes reading and accessing tarot a lot easier and a lot less overwhelming and stressful. And my thing with this is like, I want to demystify it and make it less overwhelming for you because it's actually not that overwhelming. Like it's, there's a, there is some kind of organization. There's a system to it. It makes sense. And if you can just loosely recall these sort of components, then it makes it a lot easier for you to just feel like it's accessible to you. Um, and that's the, that's my whole thing. I just want to make spirituality. I want to make divination. I want to make connection to the universe accessible to you. I don't want you to feel like you are other than your spiritual resources. I don't want you to feel that you are other than all that is around you. I don't want you to feel that you are not able to access it and that other people somehow have this giftedness that you don't. If you are interested in connecting, then you are being called to connect. That's how it works. Whatever you're drawn towards is something that you're being called to for some reason or another. So just try to trust that and try to try to like Try to believe in yourself. What if it's true? What if you are capable? What if you are powerful? What if you are magical? What if you seek to find ways to prove yourself right in those capacities rather than to like believe the things we've been told that make us feel disempowered and smaller and less than? I don't like that. And I don't like that for you. And I don't like it for me. So let's just go ahead and agree that we're not going to do it anymore. Okay, good. That was easy. Thank you. <laughs>
All right. So thank you for listening to this week. I know I missed last week. I'm super sorry. I'm intending to not miss another week. So that's exciting. Um, please hit me up. Find me wherever you choose to look for me. I'm over on Instagram, moonstone underscore witchery. Please hit me up on my website too. If you want to book a nice, fun, intuitive reading with me, I am doing readings on top of readings right now. And I absolutely love that part of my work. And um, I do offer life coaching and all kinds of fun things over there. So go hit me up on my website or join us in our Facebook group. It's still a small little group. I think we're like only around like two or 300 people. It's a good size. So it's not bad. It's like, and there's lots of cool questions happening over there. And I'm actually pretty active um, when I can be in that group. So I hope to see you soon. And if you ever have any questions or ideas for podcasts, please find me on one of those platforms and let me know. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful, blessed week.